You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Feel it. Feel it, you feel it. Face vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, Facebook. Hello, listeners. We're in both. We are live here on Earth Station Who. Howdy, howdy, ho. And happy February and Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So we thought it would be kind of fun to do Romance on the TARDIS. Kind of controversial, kind of fun. And I think this will be a real interesting topic. And we have some amazing people here to join us. Joining us as guests, of course, let's start with Angela Pritchett, the geek girl herself. Everybody, and we're also joined with Melanie Dean. Hello, everyone. I think every time we do a live one, I think it's almost a prerequisite that Melanie's here with us. Yay! It's it's, it's a good. <laughs> I'll thing. do it. It's a great thing. So it's pretty awesome, and we're glad to have you here. Hey. And of course, we have our regulars too. Of course, we have Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody! Great to be here. And of course, Mr. Howdy himself, Mike Gordon. Howdy! So, romance on the TARDIS. You know, this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. And, you know, we'd love to hear from folks at home or on Facebook. Please join in the conversation. Feedback at Earth Station Who is always our email. But, of course, we have our Facebook group, Earth Station Who. And we are broadcasting live there. We're also going to be broadcasting into the Earth Station One page and also onto the ESO network page and also group. So you'll be able to find us in a couple different places. It should be a ton of fun though to talk to folks. So this is going to be interesting but uh, before we do get started on this we have a big, big Doctor Who news. No, we have not heard the announcement of a new Doctor but we did hear that Jodie is pregnant today. Mm -hmm. Well, she showed up to an award ceremony and she actually had a baby bump. So it was kind of hard to, you know, miss that. Died. And so this is baby number two for her. So congratulations. Yay. Yay. So it's pretty awesome. So I'm I'm impressed. I think it's going to be, you know, it's good for her. Now that she doesn't have the pressure of being the doctor anymore, she can mm-hmm. take time to raise a kid mm-hmm. and such. And I'm sure she, she's, uh, you know, she's always working. So I'm sure she'll be, you know, we'll see her in something real soon. I heard there's rumor going around that Attack on the Block 2 is going to be starting up too, and I wonder if she's going to be involved with that. Hmm. Wow, yeah. So, it should be very interesting to see, because, you know, it was always fun. It was fun when we went and watched it, 
and got to see, you know, oh, there's Jody. Hey, and there's the guy from Star Wars, and there's you know so many different people in it. It's just it's just awesome. The guy from Star Wars, he was so yeah. good at that movie. I know, I know. John. <laughs> John was awesome. He was so but, good at it. I know yeah. the guy from Star Wars. You know, <laughs> this is a Doctor Who podcast. We, you know, <laughs> if this was a Star Wars podcast. We'd have. Oh, we're talking about John and oh that lady who played some kind of character some on Doctor. And Doctor, and Doctor Who. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. That's, I wouldn't mind seeing yeah, him as a Doctor. I think well, that- good thing also for her having, you know, kind of showing off her baby bump. It's that'll also help the the rumor mill a little bit from the people who have those little high, high hopes that she's suddenly, oh, no, she might come back. Maybe she will. No. She, now, no. definitely not considering <laughs> the Doctor Who filming schedule is everybody all in. They own you, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's that will, you know, they'll, they'll, that should squash those particular rumors quite well. Oh, very much so. And this also probably squishes any rumors of her coming back for the 60th anniversary special, too. Man, we're about to talk about, uh, you know, romance in the TARDIS, which is controversial enough. Can you imagine a pregnant doctor? (laughs) (laughs) They would just blow their minds. Oh, now now, now suddenly I'm like, RTD, do it. Do it. I already see the angry rants online. You know Let's who start was, that rumor right now. You know who was most heartbroken about this, the news that came out today? Yes, I'm sure. Yes, is completely uh-huh. heartbroken. Yeah. So. Oh, good lord. I know. I had to go there. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> and that killed the conversation. Wow. <laughs> good night, everybody. We'll see you next time here on the podcast. I have a feeling that's going to happen a lot during this conversation. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I almost guarantee it. I almost guarantee it tonight. There's going to be a lot of death conversation tonight. Um, But it's going to be interesting because, truthfully, Romance on the TARDIS has pretty much been around since Doctor Who started. Um, And, you know, Ian and Barbara, right off the the bat, you know, there was a connection with them almost immediately. And, you know, they were colleagues with school teachers. But, you know, as they traveled... They got closer and closer, and they never full on had you know a romance on it, but it was pretty it was, obvious. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> I think you could also you could also argue though that the doctor himself, I mean, setting up Susan as his granddaughter, implies that he's had a family, right? That he's had experience with some sort of romance, right? Um, that he's had children and he's he's had and they've had children, et cetera, et cetera. So he's not he's not beyond that sort of thing. Although it's hard it's, it's hard to imagine William Hartnell as like a romantic lead, but But how do we know that on Gallifrey they didn't have like Looms. arranged marriages or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's true, but I mean it, at least they you know, they are they are having uh relations, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't well, just even, keep regenerating over and over and over. Yeah, I was going to say. You <laughs> have well, for, for they could have all been Susan, clones. For Susan to fall in love, you know, with David and that it was the doctor locking her out. At least, you know, he, that should show that, you know, Hartnell's doctor had the, the concept of love. He understood that, how important that would be for her, you know, to 
off you go. I mean, he did value romantic relationships. (laughs) And and he wasn't above using that tool because he, I remember in the Aztecs, he's kind of flirting with a woman to get some information and to get on her side. Hey, Mike, they had hot chocolate together. They did, right? (laughs) Like back in the day, that's that's racist. That was a big deal. (laughs) Congratulations. You're now betrothed. (laughs) Exactly. Boom. Uh, So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was their intent. I don't know. I don't know what their intent was. I mean, but they, right from the beginning, they established that the doctor is capable of having a family and is capable of having relations. And I think it's only afterwards when we get Troughton and uh, especially Troughton and Baker, where you're just like, I, they're not, they're not romantic leads at all. No, no, not at all. And even John Pertwee, you know, because he had feelings, of course, for some of his companions. And, you know, they even hinted. Yeah, they almost implied it at one point. Yeah, they did. And, you know, we're going to be talking about that in a few weeks when we do the Green Death. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about that. So, you know, it's just it's just interesting to see, you know, the doctor as a romantic figure. In the old series, I never really ever saw that. I always thought, you know, the doctor was pretty much either above that or just asexual in some ways, you know. And, you know, you had the companions, you know, doing the companion stuff and everything. Because even like the fifth doctor. And it was interesting because, you know, having Peter Davison, who came from, you know, all creatures big and small... And he, you know, was pretty much played a wild man on that show coming to mm-hmm. playing and then him coming on to Doctor being the doctor who was pretty much a very straight lace type character. And yeah, you would have thought if anybody, they would have not with his companions, obviously, because they're they're children. Right. I mean, he's with children, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And and for the most part, that's true of almost all his companions throughout his tenure. Right. He's he's always the oldest one by far <laughs> right <laughs> so uh so there is that always that dynamic but um yeah i'm kind of surprised that during davidson's run they didn't sort of have a storyline but i think at that time they probably already established that i guess they just didn't want to do that um and i don't know if it was because i don't know if they thought that the kids wouldn't be interested in that sort of thing we don't want to make it like eastenders you know soap opera-ish because you know this is more science fiction this is more uh, action. This is more uh, in Hinchcliffe era. This is more horror. But um, they they opted not to not to have that as part of the the uh, storylines for a long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just it's interesting that it came about that way. But you know, with Davison's Doctor, it was you know he had you know Tegan, Nissa, and then later Turlo and Perry because Adric. You know, Adric was Adric. <laughs> oh, we just, we're just dismissing Adric. <laughs> exactly. The secret love affair between five and <laughs> Adric. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's fan fiction I never wanted to. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fan fiction that probably might exist. <laughs> I'm sure it exists somewhere. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if it, yeah, man, if someone's Maybe. shipping those two, I don't I don't that's know. scary. Yeah. That is scary. Uh, that's that's really scary. It is kind uh, of scary, and it's like you know, or you know, 
even then the doctor's ro- you know oops, I almost said the doctor's romance with the master, but you know <laughs> but it was a bromance, you know. That's romance. A, a bromance. I could have seen yeah, the one for the that was more the master and the master and Missy. I could have seen Missy and twelve, yeah. Yeah. It could almost work. Almost work. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I can guarantee you there's fan fiction out there. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going back to- it's interesting because, you know, especially with the doc, the Time Lords being able to change sexes and everything, there was one theory I had seen that possibly, you know, that the Master and the Doctor were either siblings or even something like maybe even husband and wife it almost seemed like in or some like way. teenage lovers or something yeah exactly and it's very possible so you know it's 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 possible it could have been and I mean, they could have had a really nasty breakup and maybe that's why that explains everything <laughs> oh, yes. like the yeah. nemesis just been so bitter since then <laughs> You know, it would make sense. I wouldn't. I don't put. Don't laugh about that because you know <laughs> it, it's it's always a possibility. So it's just, and it's funny too because there is, you know, there's so much they could actually do with that, and it would be very interesting. You know, because you know, I have an ex-wife. I know how I fight fought with mm-hmm. her for a long time. It felt like a lot of times the doctor and the master. So. <laughs> She would follow you across space and time to make your life miserable. Yes. <laughs> Frankly. Well, yes, she did. <laughs> As a matter of fact. Well, yeah, you know, it was it was that bad at times, but yes, yes, very much so. So it's possible. And then you got into the sixth doctor who was in love with himself and you know he, then Nobody he, else was in love with him. No, because he wanted to strangle his companion. Oh, wait, he did strangle he, his oh, wait, companion. Oh, wait, he did. Yes. So. Let's introduce this doctor. Strangle your... That's, that's not, a, not, not a helpful... And it actually went downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely did. <laughs> that was the high point of their relationship. <laughs> Starting in a hole and they just kept digging. And digging and digging. Poor Colin. <laughs> Thank God, Big Finish saved him. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Listen to Collins, Big Finish—they're great. Yes. <laughs> I think what I think what opened up the idea of romance for the Doctor, anyway, in particular, was the Fox movie with the Eighth Doctor. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, because there were two definite things about that. Uh, the Eighth Doctor is one: the the silly thing about him being half human. And then, you know, him having, obviously, a romantic relationship with uh, the companion. Grace. But what yeah. you're saying uh, is Grace the Holloway. Americans ruined it for everybody. Uh, <laughs> but we are good at that. I, We're very I'm not good saying, at that. I, I didn't say it was a bad thing. I'm just saying that door was open there. I, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. Because I, I, to be honest with you, I don't, I'm not one of those people that believes that the doctor shouldn't be in any sort of romantic relationship. I think it's it's fun to play around with that. Um, the doctor can be anything, so why take that off the table? And, so and, I'm gonna course, I'm gonna bring back a Star Wars reference for you. Imagine <laughs> Yoda with like a 20 year old. 
That's kind of how I reference the doctor with one of his companions. Yes. Hey, look, as long as they're consenting adults, what does it matter? I mean, the doctor is... Well, uh, I think is, it does matter if there's an uneven power dynamic like but that. It's all, but it's always going to be the case because the doctor is... No, it's is older, not. The doctor I don't is think old. that it's like that in with Ripper. Yeah, but the doctor is significantly older than her. And the, it's I, not, but, the, but it's not but the age. I'm not personality saying it's wise, the age. I'm saying it's wise, the power. The personality-wise, the the thing that's weird is that Eleven seems so childlike that it is reversed. The dynamic, as far as that relationship goes, is reversed, um, and River seems to be the one in charge. Although, for, to be honest with you, um, with all of the doctors that she interacts with, I find that they have the least amount of chemistry. She and Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially romantically, because like I kind of um, feel the opposite. <laughs> yeah, because like when they get married, that that whole scene where they're they're getting married just feels empty to me. It doesn't feel real. Whereas, I felt that that river had more chemistry with twelve. Yes, uh, well, yes. I agree. Yes. I, I agree, and I mean, and which is crazy because that was what one episode, yeah. maybe two, but, but it that was, was technically two, right? Well, yeah, it's true, yeah. but you know. That whole that whole scene when he, the twelfth doctor, turned to her and said "Hello, sweetie," I was like, "I'm not crying. I am not crying." No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope, nope. It also just shows how much like amazing chemistry those two actors had, and I need to see them in more stuff together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. And so, yeah, it was it was good, but you know, it's interesting. Paul McGann's doctor did open the door for a romantic doctor because. Um, before that, the doctor was more of like a father figure or a brother or, you know, type thing. And now they open the door that, you know, hey, we could snog the doctor or we can, you know, more than that. And, you know, then when they brought the new series around, you then had started introducing, you know, you introduced Rose. And like I said, I loved Rose and the ninth doctor. I thought the chemistry between them was awesome. You know, you then got the Doctor and Rose with the Doctor Ten, and that became googly love affair Doctor. And you know, I wanted to throw up in my mouth all the time with that. <laughs> I was and, I was fine with it. Well, I'm glad you were. I'm just saying I was not. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. I found you have made your annoying. you have made your stand on that perfectly clear. As well, I should. I was. I was fine with it. I was good with with the her going into off into another dimension, you know, all that kind of break. My issue was more between the unrequited kind of thing between Martha and Ten, because to me, I think it detracted uh-huh. from Martha becoming a stronger character. Yeah, that was hard because of the, it was like it, the 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 other side of the sword of. We didn't have, we had that unrequited thing, and that she just kept pining for someone that didn't like her, and that almost became. Like not not just like a subplot. I mean, not like like this little tiny little subplot. It became like a big part of it. Like and, and how Martha carried herself and how her decisions were being made uh, that she was making was based a lot around the you know her having googly eyes. Oh, very much so. And you know, as we like to say, we've called Martha this before. She was the rebound companion, yeah. and you know, and there was she had no chance. And but at least she was. 
she was the first one to like re- in the new series really to leave on her own. She said, "No, I'm not staying here with you." She was that's, strong enough for it. That's the beauty of Martha to me. If, like if if she had stayed that way, I would have been frustrated. But instead, she learned and she actually left and and on her own terms. And I felt like that made her like the, one of the strongest companions I think I've ever like ever I've ever seen. I I really like Martha a lot um, because I I think she we. We went through that journey with her. And out of between her and Rose, she actually did seem to find happiness because when we see her and Mickey, they seem happy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that guy though. <laughs> <laughs> I I I do I don't think that that was a great pairing. And that was before I learned about like Noel's behavior. Oh yeah. I just felt like that. It was felt like the producers were like, "Hey, they're two people of color. We have to put them together." Yeah. Oh, that pissed me off. Yeah, when I saw yeah. That. That, that's yeah. Because that's that's but, what it felt like. Oh, that yeah. just made yeah. me angry. When well, I, when especially they did because you know, at the end of Martha's run, you know, they kind of set it up that she was hooking up with that guy she met in the last storyline. You know, the the one who was a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and. It was just, it was interesting, and I thought that was such a waste of a character and everything. And it kind of ticked me off. But then I was, went, I was glad to see when Donna came on that they didn't have any kind of romantic angle at all. They made fun of it. And that's, and that's what, that's what was really awesome about it. Especially after you, you had him with Rose, and then you had him with just just kissing left and right. I mean, he had Madame uh, de Pompadour. Then the, the 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 when he became human when he was re- um, uh, Joan Redford. Right. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, so then you had that. That, such that a great one. Story. Oh yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It was a great story, but human but nature. Human That's nature. Um, yes. But then you had. I mean, but it was just you always had that doctor tending towards. Romance and, and and like Astrid with the the Titanic episode, again mm-hmm. great episodes, but there was always like this element of romance in it. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I I I, I kind of looked at like the the tenth Doctor was always just constantly. I mean, even to keep going like Queen Elizabeth and he was the Casanova Doctor. Well, I mean, yeah, he had well he was Casanova for thirty years. Absolutely. Uh, well, and he was more human than a lot of the other doctors, so it, it also made it more him more accessible to them, and maybe that's why people found him cute and you know such. But they also wrote him that way too. So from the very beginning. Well, I mean, and it and, was it was it was a you know it was a perfect storm of having David in that role at that time. I mean, I don't that would not have worked with Matt. That would not have worked with even Peter. That would not have worked with a lot of the actors that have played the Doctor. It wouldn't have worked with Chris yeah. at all, right? I'm not exactly. sure it always worked with so, with Tennant. <laughs> well, then, yeah. I don't think it always worked, but I mean, I think that's that's just the way his Doctor was. So I, you know, I take that as a as a possibility and and i'm you know i don't want to see that repeat because i I like the fact that the doctor constantly changes but i'm glad that we got to see that play out at least once and that was on the table well it was funny too because right after the regeneration into matt you know pretty much came amy pond who was flaunting herself all over the doctor 
And, you know, and the doctor was like, no, 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 no. This is not me. Uh uh-uh. And I love the scene in Amy's bedroom at the end of the Angel storyline. And Amy went, started, you know, attacking the doctor. And the doctor was like, no, 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 no. What is this? No, no. And it, it, he, he almost felt like, and you said it earlier, Mike, Matt's doctor was more childlike. And also more innocent in some ways. I don't think... It, or more alien Well, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, he uses uh, Troughton as his basis for being the doctor. I mean, they're they're both very much alike that way in that they're very childlike and asexual. I always thought of the doctor as asexual, like I said earlier. and But then they started bringing in River more heavy at that point because she was introduced at the end of the tenant run. But, you know, River played very heavy through most of Eleven's run. Mm-hmm. And it was always, you know, the time traveler's wife, you know, who was River Song and everything, and they were going backwards and forward, not, you know, only meeting up at certain points in the timelines. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it established that River was conceived in the TARDIS? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, talk about, she was, yeah. talk about romance on the TARDIS. That, was one, oh, that yeah. was one of the reasons why, why she was part-time lord. Yeah, yeah, that's what I There's, thought. There, she got regeneration powers, supposedly, because she was um, conceived in the time stream. Right. But, you know, now that... Um, Mr. Chibnall has thrown in everything about the timeless child, that got thrown out the window. So, it's, you know basically very interesting to see what is happening with that and everything because river had a series of you know regenerations but she ended up also giving it to the doctor so and we lost melon oh, no. whoops ah oops. Oh, no. exactly. she zigged when she should have zagged <laughs> dan Dan Holyfield, actually, on our Facebook page. Hi, everybody who's there tonight, by the way. Howdy, um, howdy. Wrote, wrote, not good to be snogging your mother-in-law, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey. And it was interesting, too, because they went through the whole thing with Eleven and Amy and River and Rory uh-huh. and, you know, Amy's Choice type thing, too, which made it really interesting. And, you know, I don't think there was ever a chance that Amy was going to just choose the doctor. It was always destined that it was going to be Rory. Well, they set it up really, oh. No, go ahead. Okay, they set it up really go good, Will, because, like, it was the night before her wedding. They're showing it as cold feet and everything, but then it just kind of spirals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, because, you know, she goes with him the night before you know, the marriage and that was part of the interesting thing. And, you know, everyone thought Amy was crazy because, you know, the doctor was her imaginary friend growing up. <laughs> right. I, I think, uh, I think also you've got that. I mean, even though maybe in Amy's mind, uh, the doctor might've been occasionally in first place, um, Rory always has that weight that he feels like he's in second place a lot. Um, and oh, I think, I think, so. uh, that's an interesting journey as well, because I think it's not until after the Pandorica where he's like the centurion, right. Where he waits all that, that time for her and all that, that, that he really establishes himself as, as an entity that can 
compete with the, something like the doctor. Oh yeah, very much so. And that was what was interesting about it was, you know, you know, ain't Rory was almost like there as fodder in a lot of ways. Well, you he know, does he, get was, he was become, multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, was the, he's, he was the Kenny of Doctor Who. Basically. Was. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked Rory's journey because it, it, and, and that romance actually made sense in its own weird, <laughs> timey wimey way, yeah. you know, and, and why Amy ultimately chose him in, in the end. I mean, right. Rory was very worthy of being chosen. <laughs> Yeah, I th- oh very much. I think so. it was worthy from the beginning, uh, but oh yes, but he didn't realize right that. exactly. He didn't realize it because to him, he'll always be the nurse to the doctor, so to speak, second to the you know the guy underneath. Um, and uh, so I think that you know that that journey, and I don't think I don't think Moffat gets near enough credit for skillfully uh, juggling all of that um, throughout his run that he did because that is really a complicated uh, relationship that the four of them have. And it has some bumps to it, but I think it was really ambitious and I think he pulled it off. But we also, was, um, no, go ahead, we also go. see Amy grow. Like at the beginning of that show, she's kind of like a naive teenager. And by the end, you've just seen her grow and adapt as the character to the point where she's kind of mature enough to, actually you know realize that rory is the one for her (laughs) no agreed with that and it's interesting too because i think both of them both amy and rory grew quite a bit during the series and even through you know they did between the i think it was the season you know the seasons where amy between the seasons where they ended up leaving and it was they did a series of shorts over the summer, and it also sh- and it showed Amy and Rory actually splitting up because you know Amy couldn't have children, and she knew Rory wanted more children, and she wanted him to you know live a life and everything. Because when they the season came back, if you didn't watch the shorts, they're like Amy and Rory split up. What you know, you were shocked about that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the way Stephen Moffat did it. And when when Amy marries Rory, Rory, it feels very earned. I mean, it feels very real. Whereas with something like Martha ending up with Mickey, like RTD drove me crazy doing stuff like that because it just came out of the blue. It was like, well, Martha can't be happy. She can't be a complete person right. unless unless she has this relationship with this guy and the same thing with Donna. In 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 the end, in end of time, you show Donna getting married because God forbid she should be able to exist on her own. Only man Donna ever needed was her daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, Look, I will he's watch- awesome, okay? I would have watched a whole series like whole season <laughs> of him in the TARDIS, okay? Yeah, that I, I'm you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Um I'm also going to throw Moffat under the bus, though, because as good as that it worked with Eleven's uh, tenure, he totally drops the ball with Clara and Danny. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and the, the guy that's only there to be a plot device. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's, exactly. It's just, it. yeah, he's just, he's almost worse than Mickey. 
I was so excited. And, I thought we were going to get a Barbara and Ian again. I was so excited. <laughs> it would have been great to have the two teachers, you know, have, yeah. you know, I would have loved it. And then to, for them to kill him off by a traffic accident, you know, hit by a car. It's like, what? what's the most mundane thing yeah. we can do with this guy? Because he's right. made exactly. him that boring. What's the most mundane thing? And after they built him up too, you know, like you got to meet their descendant and everything on the, in the space station or where on that other planet. And it was just like, now that can't happen because of, you know, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. And so that's a paradox right well, the there. The whole thing and of the doctor not liking him because he was in the military. That was stupid. Yeah, that was oh, really stupid. Awful. He should have respected him because he was such good friends with the Brigadier. Well, exactly. And that's what that's what was interesting about it. And no, it was it was just crazy that they had that kind of relationship. Danny was interesting that, you know, they did that. And Clara just was just not a after that point, she was not an interesting character anymore. And I also felt like, you know, she was supposed to leave at that Christmas special anyway. And, you know, Jenna then decided, oh, I want to stay one more season. I was like, no. And everything. So, but that pretty much after that was the last time we had romance with the doctor. You think you think Moffat botched it up in his last little bit. Uh, General says, hold my tea. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to put something in there. That's going to completely throw everybody. You think into you a were crazy. mad at Moffat. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, yeah, bef- but before we get there, we have a couple comments through the Facebook group. With my tea. <laughs> yeah. Well, like uh, our friend Ramona actually in the group said, uh, the dream Lord episode made them take a look at Amy and Rory's relationship, mm. yes. which was an ep. Uh, awesome episode if you know i don't think we've reviewed that one oh, we really need show. to yeah i don't think we yeah. have that's a great one mm-hmm. that is a good one and then um our then dan hollyfield wrote the moment when the doctor is testing rory auton rory and rory hauls off and punches the doctor she is to me <laughs> and then you know the most and then that was when rory finally believed he was worthy of Amy. yeah good call and I, yeah yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's completely true on that one. I agree with that tons. All right. Um, thank you guys. Who's the folks in the uh, Facebook group. We appreciate it as always. All right. Let's jump into the chimney. <laughs> uh, I'm doing that very tongue in cheek there, folks. And yeah, you know, the relationship between, you know, the Jody's doctor and, you know, Graham, like, what can you say? Yeah, they were so obviously in love. Yeah, they, oh, it was. They, they, they have sort they of could resist di- Graham. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. The man kept sandwiches in his pockets. That's they that's, seem that's, to have dialed it back so that you know the doctor is once again sort of asexual uh, because I don't think you see anything from Jody at any time in her run that she has any sort of romance. No, it's all coming from Yaz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All well, those, all is. those signals <laughs> are just coming one way. They're just going one way. Talk about unrequited love. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, she and Martha should form a club. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it, that would be an interesting club. But it, it was interesting, though, too, because truthfully, you know, Jody's doctor is very oblivious to everything, you know, any kind of real human, you know, response to, you know, she did have that time when she didn't respond, you know, how to respond to Graham and his cancer. And then you had the whole thing, you know, Dan calling her on it about... That's what you I know, really like. Her feelings for I love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, not the not the feelings part, but I love the fact that Dan called her on it, and the fact that she knows it's not that mm-hmm. she doesn't have these feelings or she doesn't recognize them. She's just pushing them so far down. Right. She just doesn't want to deal with them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, true. And the thing is, you know, we've missed out, you know, we haven't even mentioned the doctor's greatest love, which is the TARDIS. We had the doctor's wife, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, the TARDIS and the doctor have had a relationship going on for over a couple thousand years now. <laughs> a long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, well, according to Chimnall, you know, the TARDIS has been around longer than the first doctor, so... Even you have that you know, scene... So it's the doctor. <laughs> so it's the first doctor. <laughs> But they, they've always had that, that that they played a lot of that in the New Who era when you even when you had Sarah Jane come back talking to Rose and they were both joking about ten you know with the with the Doctor talking about you know the TARDIS and sometimes you could see him just sitting there you know touching it and do you you do you need and how they both kind of commiserating with that do you need me to leave you know that kind of fun little thing back and forth and then you get to have that taste again with uh, Idris saying oh he calls me sexy and you know Amy just like. Did you wish really hard? I mean, really, I really hard. <laughs> that was such an awesome scene. It was. <laughs> so yeah, I think no. I, that I think that's the other little extra little romance that's always happened in the TARDIS, and that's the Doctor in regards with the TARDIS. Yep. No, exactly. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, you look at all the different doctors and they have spent so much alone time with the TARDIS, you know, and even <laughs> kind of makes you think and even with River, like you still don't even know how to handle her correctly. You have the brake on. You've been driving noise. with the parking brake. <laughs> but I like that noise. I like the. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> Which is awesome. But it's it's interesting because, you know, someone actually in the Facebook group posted that they felt like that secretly Sarah Jane was in love with the doctor. Mm, Not with four. mm, Not with four. I don't don't, get that vibe. I don't get that. I mean, they are they're really good friends. Uh, I mean, he even says, like, I think he even calls her like you know, you're my best friend or whatever. And they have a very platonic relationship and it's very healthy enough for both of them. I, I love that relationship. Like when she was in that vent and he starts yelling at her, you know, at first he realizes, <laughs> okay, right. come on, you, you silly, silly girl, you know, you stupid thinking that you could do this. Blah, 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 and, and then she get you know, basically knows that if I rile her up, she'll, you know, get that strength and keep kind of crawling out. And the second, you know, he's turned around grinding and he's pulling around. He's like, Oh, I know you're, you did a great job. Da, 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 da. And to me, that was just, that was the, the, the intimacy of that was just very, very like either, either sibling like, or, you know, like a men- mentor mentee, you know, it was very, mm-hmm. it didn't come from a romantic 
kind of that that bond that that was being you know portrayed. Yeah, no, very was, best friend a, style. Yeah, absolutely. right. If it was a romantic thing, she would be popping out. You bastard! <laughs> she was hitting him, but it was still that 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 sense yeah. of love wasn't romantic in, in any sense. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I, I don't I don't think I've seen enough of her with the third Doctor to be able to establish that relationship. That was very yeah. much more a mentor, right? Oh, very much like so. relationship. But uh, yeah. I, I will say that, you know, and Tom's a weird one because Tom, like, you know, his doctor is seems above that sort of thing. You don't really get a sense of it. But we know, quite frankly, we know from behind the scenes that Tom was not that way. <laughs> Tom was was very uh, uh, sexual, uh, I should say. And and I think for the first time we have like behind the scenes, a doctor and a companion who are romantically involved. Well, and yet, that, that's who people usually talk about if you're talking about romance and Tom. It's Romana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's because yeah. of behind the scenes. I don't know if it is. Do you feel that that's true? Like on screen? I could see. Yeah, I can see the vibe there. I can see why people would say that. Yeah, but you could tell when it was going bad. Yeah, you too, could really tell when it was look going bad. Each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was just. That was almost scary. How. How cold so, it was in I that mean, room. I'm not saying the show implied it. I think it was more the what was going on, yes, behind the scenes. Imagine being the boom operator for that. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you just sit there holding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right off scene. Because the mic doesn't oh. cut off. You're still no. holding it. It's like, just the recording bits. You're just... Right. How so have awkward. that headset on. <laughs> No, that, that's the scary part about it. That you know, you could see totally the te- it, it gets tense right before she leaves the show, and it's just, it's just interesting because they were so cute together, like in City of Death. Yeah, and City, of, City of Death, you're right. They do kind of play around with each other, and it feels flirt, flirty. Yeah, I think that's where it comes across most. Mm-hmm. But- <laughs> yep. It would have been interesting, though. I love um, what someone wrote in the Facebook group that um, that it would have said. I still would have loved to have seen River show up on one of Jody's episodes. You guys asking who River was and Jody <laughs> answering, "She's my wife." That would have been hilarious. <laughs> or, or even like a picture of her and Yaz being like, "Oh, who's that?" <laughs> She's pretty. Oh, that's my that's wife. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, twelve had the photo of her on his desk. Oh, when, that's when true. Bill when Bill first showed up, college. I just kind of imagine yeah. like a very haphazardly taped picture to the console in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, but you know, some of the companions though, were very you know sexual, and you know, I'm mostly thinking about Captain Jack. <laughs> And you know, you, you can't think of all, all right, completely, completely. Jack. like the opposite of asexual, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the polar opposite. I mean, him and River seem to have the most libido out of any of them, yeah. <laughs> Which I always did enjoy would, Jack saying think, anything, just introducing himself, and the doctor, stop. <laughs> You're like, I'm just saying hello. I think I think even River has a line. She's like, "No, nah, too far." But Jack's like, "Close through that line." Nope. <laughs> I'm just gonna flirt yeah. with everything. Yeah, 
Captain Jack is the bull in the china shop, and he'd probably sleep with the china shop. So there you go. I mean, we've already we've already established that like phone boxes are sentient beings, so why not china shops? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a diner out there. That yeah. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, who was wow. ship the diner in the TARDIS? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's the interesting thing, though, truthfully, is, you know, you have, you know, all these different, you know, characters and such in it. And do you see, you know, especially with RTD coming back, and he was very much a, pro- a proponent of romance in the TARDIS. Do you think that's going to be a feature in the new series? I won't be surprised. If yeah, it I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. RTD is a very, I mean, look at everything he does. Everything he does has a romantic quality to it. Um, and uh, I, I would not be surprised at all if uh, that's an element. I don't think it's going to be the main element, but I don't think it's a, I also don't think it was an accident that, you know, David's one of the most popular doctors ever and he's also one of the most romantic doctors ever so uh you know certainly the bbc and it would love to have that kind of hit on their hands again and the, of course and the funny thing with again going back to like the the 10th doctor he was the most romantic but if you stop and think the episodes where he was being romantic with people the the asteroids the the joan redferns those were letting the letting the character be romantic but he didn't make it so that's he, RTD didn't write it so that he had these long-term relationships with each one of these characters. So he could show that maybe you could have the doctor be more romantic and have these kind of, you know, interpersonal, you know, relationships with people, but they don't necessarily have to be long-term companions and stuff and such like with the, happened with Rose. I mean, but in the end, some of them just died, so... Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. But hey! Oh darn, move on to the next one. I mean, almost all of them just died in one way or another, <laughs> so... Like, is, is that really the, the kind of... I don't want to be like, he, he can have a long-distance relationship, they just can't stay alive. Well, I mean, you're talking about a being that's thousands and thousands, I don't even... Yeah, I've lost they didn't even make it an years. hour. that's true (laughs) just blink and it's done don't blink you don't blink (laughs) (laughs) well you always wanted to find out how you know Jack lost his body no I don't no we actually don't nope how he becomes the face of Boa nope I don't uh, that's not canon in my head Uh, nope nope it's gonna happen now. Hold my tea. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see it now. We are so gonna be see it. But then you know, I loved it when you know, truthfully, I loved it when Jack came back and the first thing he did, he gave a big ass smooch to Graham. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> silver fox. Yeah. Like, oh, you silver fox. Well, I mean, just like, like wait, what? <laughs> It's as close as we get to anybody flirting with uh, 13 as well. I mean, when they are in the prison together or whatever, and he, he realizes who she is or whatever, he, he's, he gets... But I think, you know, and I think it's true for Barrowman. I think that's just his manner. Like, he just looks like he's flirting with everybody when he talks. He is yeah. flirting with everybody. <laughs> he is flirting with everybody. 
And that just came naturally with Barrowman. So, because look, they even carried that over into Torchwood, which was very sexual. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was like big sex in the Doctor Who universe. Yeah. No, I remember when it first was airing, William was upset as hell at me because I wouldn't let him watch Torchwood because, you know, it was too adult and and everything. And because at the time, I think he was maybe at the most like seven or eight and he loved, he was loving Doctor Who, but it was, he was way too young to watch Torchwood. Mm. And he did. He was like, "Dad, how? Why is that Cyberman wearing a bikini?" You know, because I had the Cyberwoman action figure. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's Torchwood. You can't watch that kid." <laughs> but I want him to. Yeah, you know, it's like, and probably now it's like tame in comparison to some things. But but it was. It's interesting, and it was neat to see. You know, you know, Rose got. Her doctor. She got Dr. Hand, you know, basically. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't, don't. Yeah. That's it. yeah, I don't. You're not. That's not. That's no good. Nah, I love it. But, you know, <laughs> but it's, but she, you know, she got that. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, there, they could be having their own adventures because they got the little seed that would eventually become a TARDIS or something, you know. So they could be traveling that universe. I mean, yeah. happily ever. If, if Rose is like any other person that during this time has killed about a million plants, that TARDIS didn't go anywhere. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Touche. Uh, it's funny, Dan uh, Hollyfield wrote, Torchwood got too adult for me, LOL, and I'm 64. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this, in, as you know, and not that it's a fair balance, but I will say this in Chibnall's um, sort of, not defense, but sort of on his side, that uh, I one of the things I liked about the Flux storyline is I did like the relationship between Vinder and Bell. Um, I thought they were a cute couple, and I definitely hope that they we see them in... In, in other adventures, big finish and all that, because I thought they were fun. As long as they're not the doctor's parents, I am fine with <laughs> yes, that. Yes, as long as yes. they're not the doctor's parents. As, yes, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, yeah. Oh, oh I have that fear. Off shot when, like, big finish story, too. Mm. It's so great. It would be interesting to see what would happen with that. Character wise, I like them, but. I don't know what you know what they had to do with the storyline all that much, but a lot of people said that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not rating the story here, but those two I, the characters I did find compelling. Yeah. Now I'm really afraid because I did not hear that theory about the that that that. Oh, uh, you hadn't heard that. Oh, you hadn't heard that. Heard uh, that, and now I just have this deep seated fear and going, oh no. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think it was. I I personally think it was fans just over speculating. But um, I obviously, I mean, you know, <laughs> the fact that, you know, the Chibnall's like kind of backing away. I, I if he was going to if that was something that was on the table at one point, I don't think we'll ever see it coming to fruition. Okay, good. I don't know. We still two more episodes. He's got two more. Two more. He's got two more two specials. More. He's got two more specials to. And I mean, I don't think he. <laughs> to screw he it up. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of uh, retconning next season. <laughs> Well, you know, he still has to bring back half the universe, or you know, and I don't think he even cares hey, about that. Hey, we're getting we're getting Graham back. That's all I care about. 
That's all that yeah, you're matters. Gonna get, you're going to get Graham back as the Doctor's regeneration. And you'll just get a, a flash of him and a flash of uh, Ryan. And then <laughs> the rest. So, yeah, there's no, men- be no mention of Ryan. But, uh, oof, yeah. Look, as long as I get more dad jokes from Dan, I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, it's funny judy loves the dad jokes also more, more like beating up thing. like aliens with walks and frying pans and more dad jokes that's all i need yes his parents are amazing his parents were fantastic frankly. yeah i thought that was great and i and honestly i, I love the heck out of dan and Kavanestra. i just that's like the weird the, ke- the chemistry between the two of them was awesome it was awesome some. Throw mm-hmm. Graham in that and just let me see the throw, see a show of those three just, just sniping each other. There's your <laughs> spinoff for RTD <laughs> right there. Good. Yeah. Well, and we also, uh, I also appreciated the Yaz gang uh, in that storyline too. Having that. Oh, oh. Dr. Jericho. Yeah. Oh, Jericho, Jericho was, awesome. was great. I thought uh, yeah. they, they would make. He was my favorite character of Flux. So. He really was. But, uh, so. and we haven't even mentioned the Paternoster gang, speaking of romantic couples. <laughs> Oh, yes. 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 Together. That would be awesome. <laughs> there you go. They could. There you go. I, I think I think historically it might match. I don't know, maybe. Big finish, get to work on that. Figure out the logistics, <laughs> make that work. Please. No, I'm ready to buy. That would be pretty awesome. But yeah, there's a lot of you know possibilities still. And no, as romantic characters. Uh, Madame Vastra and Jenny were awesome. Yeah, they're a great couple. They, yeah, uh, they were amazing. Yeah. With their little, they with were their, a strong with, with their little baby or pet baby Strax. I don't know what you would call it, but <laughs> their potato, <laughs> their little potato, <laughs> their little potato. You are a potato guy. <laughs> exactly. Out with them. Oh man, yeah. those are they're great. Uh, yeah. I love their big finish stuff. I think we got one their of those coming up stuff pretty is- soon, right? We're doing one of those. We do. All right. We do. We do. Um, Melanie actually got called out um, by Dan Holyfield. No, what happened? He said, Melanie, that was his fear all throughout Flux, but it was left unresolved when Flux supposedly ended about the doctor being the baby. Ah, I'm so now (laughs) petrified by this. Sorry, we ruined your life. Sorry. (laughs) No, because I'll. You know what? No, because if that does happen, the amount of sheer anger that would have been flowing through me, I would have been forced lightning would have just come out. I would have just turned into the emperor, just (laughs) complete with those little eyes. Just, mm, because I just. Yellow pupils. Because just the the whole amount of retconning that Chibnall likes to do, and and, and the, ooh, I'm going to see how I can blow people's minds now. Like, no, 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 we don't have to do that. That just, just for me, that, 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 that alley, just, oh my God, the, the Venn diagram for that is just a circle. <laughs> we will call, we will call it the timeless child. <laughs> right? And we're calling it the timeless child and everything is in flux. We don't know where the, I'm like, oh God, this is what we're all been walking towards. And we better abandon it here. I'll go down with the ship. <laughs> no, I don't know any people following around nope. red markers. No, 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 no. 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 no.
Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure even if Chibnall gets his way, um, RTD's going to come right out and go like, yeah, that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Probably timey-wimey. And he's yeah. going to have the doctor wake up from a dream. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like, she's in the shower the next morning. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. It's It's interesting, though, because... You know, you have so many ways the rest of the season can go and going into a brand new era. I just hope we're not screaming at our screens for, you know, in October. Well, you know, better not. I mean, it, it, mm, mm, if that if that's the case, I'm I'm with Mike in the it better just we wake up into a sequence and if Bob Newhart isn't sitting the doctor's there, been in a coma <laughs> for the last few years or something. Yeah. yeah. There was a dream within a dream within a dream. The, the fact that Chibnall has yet to prove to me that he is capable of uh, sticking, the sticking the landing. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We all know next, he's not. <laughs> the, the next no. two are going to be kind of rough. Maybe not, the, maybe not the next one. I figured out how they're going to bring Tenet back as the doctor and Rose as the companion. He's going to wake up and, from a coma. And yeah. Rose is going to be there, sitting next to him. Right, it was his dream. And, and all of the other incarnations were right. just a none dream. Of, none of the other incarnations are real. Nope. It'll be the 10-2 doctor waking up and looking over Rose. Because I had a weirdish dream. And then the next yeah. episode of Earth Station Who will be the trial of a Time Lord? <laughs> actually, actually, it'd be, uh, it would be even better if uh, if he woke up in the museum and Tom was over him. Like, hello, whatever you. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I would pray for the curator to save save this, please. Pull us out of this painting. Well, it's terrible. Well, I, was the, I was the one who brought up that you know this whole thing that they've been in the Matrix the whole time and. You know, and it was the master, you know, showing a possible, you know, thing that that whole last season never even happened. They have you wake up because I'm going to need a lot of those. They've kind of they've kind of done it uh, occasionally. But really, I think Chibnall will open the door to a multiverse uh, with the with the the flex storyline. So it is possible that even before that with the fugitive doctor. Right, yes. right. I mean, there's been there's been other universes, other pocket universes, and stuff like that before. But I think he's really laid the groundwork. And multiverses are hot right now. Like almost every franchise has one. So, uh, so what's the top Doctor Who? We're gonna have variant doctors now. What? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just if one of them's wearing a horned helmet, that's <laughs> all. I know. Yeah, that's the next doctor. One of them needs to be. Oh my gosh, what kind of cute? One of them needs to be like a capybara doctor. <laughs> an adipose doctor yeah Ramona uh, just said on the Facebook group that Tard- the TARDIS is infected with dream crabs oh, <laughs> oh no oh, wow are we going to have wow. dream dance sequences now yeah and Alan Seiler actually wrote uh, Vaster and Jenny were a strong couple one was bossy and domineering and the other was completely subservient Hey, you know, I, whatever I, works. I would if, totally, if, actually, I would agree totally argue Jenny against that, Alan. I don't think that's true at all. That's they, not they both, true. Like, Jenny was like a ninja, right? Yeah, yeah. she wasn't subservient. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she played a role when she wasn't, like, kicking butt. Yeah. So, yeah. it's interesting that, you know, 
everyone sees these as different ways. You know, some people love the Tenth Doctor and Rose. Mm-hmm. Me, not so much. No. But no, but no. But where I'm going with this is, for me, if I wanted to see a Doctor in a relationship, it has to be the Eleventh doc- Doctor and River. I loved seeing that, and you know, and or River with anybody. You know, I loved seeing. You know, I just I like the. It was more of. A believable relationship. It's more of an equal relationship. They established that River and Twelve had what eleven years on Darylium. Like one night was seven. No, twenty six years. Twenty six years. Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah, sorry, it was something crazy. But then, so that just opened up to any time. You know, adding more. Either, I mean, I don't think they're going to be grabbing Peter and Alex anytime soon. But Lord, if they wanted to, they you know could, or at least Big Finish could or they can at least write in little throwback lines to build that yeah because they mentioned so many adventures that we never actually saw too (laughs) well hell she could just be going to the bathroom at the restaurant that's where we get the diary of river song or something you know (laughs) on big finish because you know honey i'll be back you know yeah they uh they could do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not going i'm not going in that bathroom um, yeah, uh, <laughs> another TARDIS. I will say, uh, you know, as far as the doctor goes, I do think that that's probably out of all the episodes that I've seen, out of all the stories that I've seen and read and whatnot, I do think the twelfth Doctor and River in that special is probably the most romantic I've I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Agreed, and the both actors play it wonderfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Everything. Damn it! I might have to watch that later tonight. Those two <laughs> actors, their chemistry was so good. Yeah, yes. they were amazing together. Very much so, and I wouldn't want to see the Doctor travel through time with River all the time, though. Either, you know, I like that she just popped up every once in a while. I wouldn't want to see the adventures of Mister and Mrs. Doctor. You know, I mean, I like to see like a four episode miniseries. <laughs> I would. I can handle okay. that. Like it's well, not a lot, but I mean, like River's very independent too. She wouldn't want to be there all the time. Well, yeah. Nope. And the flip side of that is, and then one thing I keep complaining about when we talk about the Diaries of River Song is that too many of her adventures are the Doctor is a shadow or looming or part of it or whatever. And I wish that they would just have sh- adventures with her without him at all. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe we're only we still got a few more to go. Yeah. Well, and she's more than oh, strong yeah. enough as a character to carry that off. There's just Absolutely. no reason. Very much so. But, you know, going back all the way to the beginning, I think Ian and Barbara would be great to do big finish adventures of the two of them after they left the TARDIS. I think those would be great. And, the you know, depending on who they got playing them, because we just did the – um, I think River, season six of River Song, and it had the actors who played Ian and Barbara from the uh, what's it, the Adventures in Space and Time uh, movie, and they were also doing it in, for the Big Finish, and I didn't feel any chemistry between the two of them at all, and everything. I didn't even think it was all that great. Mm. Well, I so. mean, to be fair, it's harder to, to do that on audio, but. But yeah, that those were not the best <laughs> portrayals. So, so you know, let's go around real quick because we've been talking for over an hour already. Mm-hmm. This flew by actually a lot faster than I thought it would. So, who 
you know, who would, you know, who's your ultimate TARDIS couple? On, you know, if we had to, because since Valentine's Day is coming up and we have to be somewhat romantic. (laughs) We have to be? (laughs) No, not really, but I'm trying to be nice to the folks out there who actually are that way. Well, like I said, if if people want to dial up a Doctor Who story for Valentine's Day, I don't think they could do any better than the Husbands of River Song. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mary. I mean, I have to go with Husbands of River Song. I mean, but River and anybody, I think, <laughs> is one of the best romances. But really, I think the greatest romance in Doctor Who is the Doctor and the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was going to say wife. the Doctor's Wife. Yeah. Yep. That is such a great story. Neil Gaiman's mm-hmm. awesome story. So I would have been like, yeah, yeah, okay, yes, 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 yes. Angela, anything? Um, I would say The Husbands of River Song, or I really loved Voyage of the Damned and Kelly Minot and David Tennant playing this. Astrid no. and the Tenth Doctor. I really loved that one. Yeah, I'd like that one too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. All right, Melanie, take us home. I'm going to go, even though everyone else is picking out things that I was had in my head, and I'm like, oh, i got to go different, i got to go different, go different. I'm going to pick with Girl in the Fireplace. I'm going to go bittersweet. I'm going to go sad. Oh, Madame Pompadour. Madame Pompadour. Oh, so sad. And I'm going to even one. go with the, uh, at first I thought that, and I do like the Doctor and Rose. I do like them a lot. And I thought that was a good little episode as well with Rose. And I felt like that they were more married than anything when with, with the horse and that she you know the, the bickering at each other I thought was was fun, so I'll go I'll go with Girl in the Fireplace. That's cool. You know I loved that one. That was such a good story, and she was such a great character. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I would have loved to see more of her if possible. And you know, there was talk of her coming back even at one point. So, but alas, well they did the little yeah. short trips with her. We yes. narrated it over during COVID. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is very, very true. So it's interesting to see. I'm very, could be very curious to see where the new seasons coming ahead of us are going to take the doctor, especially with RTD. And I'll be, you know, curious to see and very curious to see where we are next year or the year after well next year probably nowhere because i think we're only going to still have the two episodes of doctor (laughs) who to go through but it'll be very interesting to see what we have and who we end up with and is it going to be a male doctor is it going to be a female doctor Uh, you know it's going to be just does it matter it's going to be fun to see and it's going to be awesome that way thank you everyone for joining us for this one and i think we covered this one pretty well and you know let's thank everyone for being here of course mr mike gordon thank you as always it's my pleasure mary ogle thank you thank you oh thank you thank you it was great fun anything you want to promote you can find me at maryogle.com or on etsy at evision arts awesome Melanie Dean, thank you as always. And as always, thank you. It's always been a pleasure to come on here and chat with some of my favorite people. Talk Doctor Who. Yay. Anything you want to promote? Uh, you can find me on my social medias, uh, Pieces of Melee, and just anywhere on Etsy. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. She does some amazing artwork, folks. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. 
She's really an awesome person, too. So it's pretty cool. Stop it. And Ms. Angela Pritchett, thank you, thank you for everything you do on Earth Station One and all the other stuff. Do you want to promote your books real quick? Yeah, you can find my Doctor Who unofficial Doctor Who cookbooks. They're both, both right here. You can find them on Amazon at Shut Up and Eat and Shut Up and Eat, too. You can also catch me on ESO every week on A Geek Girl's Take. And you can find me at these social medias on TikTok and Instagram. Uh- Yay! Definitely check her out, folks. She's a great, she's a great cookie too. She's awesome. So, and happy Valentine's Day to everyone who celebrates that kind of thing. And you know, you can find us here, of course, at Earth Station Who. We're available on most social media p- platforms, and of course, anywhere fine podcasts are found. Earth Station Who is there too. We're right next to them, saying hi, listen to us. <laughs> so definitely check us out. You know, we. Don't listen to us on Stitcher, though. We're staying away from that. But, you know, everywhere else you can listen to us. Spotify, Stitcher. (laughs) You know, nobody listens there anyway. But so it's pretty awesome. But I do have some very interesting Earth Station Who News that I think would be pretty cool. And it's a big thank you to the folks out there listening to us. Because you know what, folks? We got proof, finally, that people are listening. We, on Good Pods is a streaming service. Earth Station Who ranked number 33 in the top 100 science fiction chart. We also ranked number 38 in the top 100 TV review chart. And we ranked number 93 (laughs) in the top 100 fiction chart. So for podcasts. So congratulations, (laughs) guys. We barely made it. (laughs) But we made it. Damn it. Or is Maxwell Smart made it by that much? So, so it's awesome. So thank you for listening. As always, feedback at Earth Station Who is the way to get to us. Thank you, everyone, who has been listening to us on Facebook. Thank you, everybody, of course, at home for listening. We love you guys. And you know what? We're going to be back again in two weeks. And we got a good one for you. We're going back to the 10th Doctor era, folks. And we are looking at the waters of Mars. It's going to be a lot of fun. So just remember, don't drink the water when you're there. So that's all we have to say. But until then, my name is Mike Faber on behalf of us all here. Thank you, everybody on Facebook who's been participating. We love you guys. And you know what? We will see you all soon. Peace. And we are done. Bye. Bye. See ya. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean, and Paul, serve you a slice of life. We talk to women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. We also talk about conspiracy theories, the Muppets, our top three films of the decades, famous people we confuse with each other, and our favourite stand-up comedians. We have recast Star Trek The Original Series and Babylon 5, and created our alternative superheroes. But most of all, we have had so much fun doing it every two weeks. Two weeks! 
Cosmos Pizza podcast is not about the cosmos or about pizza. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.